This is the Redeeming Productivity Show, where we talk about technology, techniques, and theology in the light of Scripture to help Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. I'm your host, Reagan Rose. Welcome back to the second episode of the Redeeming Productivity Show. Uh, Today, I want to talk about emailing like a Christian. Uh, And the reason I want to talk about this is I actually came across this article the other day that got me thinking. It's an article about emailing like a CEO and and some advice on how to email and get back to people quicker, etc., etc. So I want to talk about some aspects of that article and then... um, take kind of a, our own track and see, well, okay, how how can we as Christians think through some of the things being suggested here? You know, it's the the bane of many of our existences, these never-ending inboxes that just go on and on and on and uh, are relentless. Uh, and especially if you work in an office environment, um, email is just part of life and you have to deal with it. And so how can we deal with it? Uh, and well, you, what kind of what we're going to look at here is first the article, and then I want to look at what the uh, what we could learn from Scripture about email. And I know there aren't a lot of passages in the Bible about email, but the Bible does provide instructions for how believers are supposed to speak, how we how we use our words, um, and even I think with all the different communication technologies that are out there, it. The Word of God still has something to say about how we communicate, regardless of the platform we communicate on. Um, But email comes fraught with its own problems. It's hard. Uh, Stuff gets lost in translation. How many times have you um, had had somebody misunderstand what you meant by email or yourself wondered, is that person mad at me? They sent me a very terse reply. I wonder if they're upset with me. Did I do something? Um. And then getting back to people, I think that's one of the hardest things. A lot of a lot of us are terrible at email, and I'm not holding myself up at the, as the example. Um, you know, you intend to respond to an email, but you leave it marked red, or or you return to it a few weeks later, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm so sorry for the late reply. And yeah, anyway, I, I found this article. And it was on BuzzFeed News, that bastion of truth and uh, and journalism. Um, but it's an interesting article, and it and it's pretty good. I'll link to it in the notes. Um, but be warned, there are, um, there is a little, there is some language in the article. Um, but the principles were interesting and interesting enough that I thought it was worth sharing with you. Um, it's titled "I Tried Emailing Like a CEO, and Quite Frankly, It Made My Life Better." Very Buzzfeedy title, but again. The, uh, the article's interesting. It's by um, Katie Notop- Notopolis. Uh, near the beginning, she says, Look, I could be worse. I'm fairly organized. I use the tabbed Gmail inbox with a healthy number of colored labels and filters. And at one point, I even maintained inbox zero. But those days are long gone. My problem is I let emails slip through the cracks unanswered, occasionally causing problems. And she says, I recently searched my emails for the term sorry and found more than I wish to admit in which I said some version of sorry for the late reply. Yeah, I can relate to that myself. 
Um, but what she said, uh, she said, what trips me up the most is my habit of scanning my inbox, often on my phone, opening an email, reading it and thinking, I'll reply to that later when I'm at my computer. And then, yeah, this is me right here. She says, then I leave it marked as read and I forget about it. (laughs) Yep. I am guilty of that. And she was saying that her her main inspiration for this email like a CEO thing, which, you know, people have talked about for, there's other articles about it you may have read, and basically it's just talking about sending short, quick replies to people and not waiting. Um, but she said her inspiration for it actually came from uh, some of those high-profile email hacks that happened a, a few years ago with with Sony and then um, with uh, Hillary Clinton, and where you could actually see what the emails looked like that they sent. And uh, she was saying that in the Sony hacks, she says, I was fascinated by executives like Amy Pascal's quick, terse messages. How did people communicate like this? You know, and, and she has some examples with this, with this, um, some of these folks, like just uh, coming back with, looks good, or just odd, very short one sentence things, poor grammar, no, no periods. It's a little extreme, I think I'll get into this in a minute, but you know, she has an example from, from Hillary Clinton to some people on her team. And all she says in it is, where are we on this? With a question mark. That's a response to one of the emails. And so the author of this, she calls this boss email. And she said, it's defined by nearly immediate, but short and terse replies. The classic two-word email. For underlings, it can be inscrutable. Uh, Is that an angry thanks or a grateful thanks? Does please update me imply impatience with you? Boss email can be the workplace equivalent to getting a K text reply. Um, So that's that's that. There's some other stuff in here, but I I thought it was I thought it was interesting. She also has uh, she said Mark Cuban is actually known for this. Um, the, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks and the guy who's on Shark Tank. Um, he's known for doing these, and he's actually known for answering any email he gets, or every email he gets. And she said, part of the article, she actually emailed him and asked him a couple questions, and he responded to her with just yes. <laughs> I think her question was, uh, did you always email this way, and did you only... Or did you only start once you became the boss? And he just said yes, which is not actually an answer to an either-or question. But at any rate, um, she did get an answer. And it, again, it was terse, and it was to the point. And so she goes on. You can you can read it yourself. But she goes on and talks about doing this as an experiment herself and, and how freeing that was where people would send things to her and she would simply reply with short emails back. She wouldn't wait till she got at the computer. She'd do it right on her phone when she read it. And just kind of keep the ball moving on these email conversations. So that got me thinking. I thought, yeah, you know, I think a lot of us struggle with email. This seems like an interesting um, take on how you can deal with that. Just quickly respond to people. It, it might be short. It might be terse. Um, but it, it, it's, it will allow you to get through your inbox and get back to people, right? But then I started thinking, you know, there's kind of a trade-off here, isn't there? Um, you know, you when you send emails like this, just like she said, there sometimes um, your um, is a little bit inscrutable <laughs> what uh, what you're trying to convey in terms of like 
emotion or um, care or anything like that. And and especially for a, a believer in Christ who, you know, our communication, including our email, is part of our witness in the workplace and to others. Is this really a good idea? It might make you be able to get back to people quicker, but you also might come off as a jerk. So is that worth it? Or is there is there a way we can modify this? And so what I want to talk about is um, emailing like a Christian, not just like a CEO. And I want to take some some tips from from uh, this whole concept of emailing like a boss, um, but modify it, okay? First of all, what I'm about to talk about is just about work email, business type email. I think personal emails are, well, personal. And I don't think that we need to be as concerned about an economy of words or just getting back right away and, and being really terse. I don't think we should be very terse with personal email. But with work email, you know, they're, they're typically more transactional in nature, meaning, you know, it's, it's more about the information being passed. But they still are, and they shouldn't be neglected as an opportunity to bear a great witness for Christ. So, first of all, like I mentioned, the Bible does say a lot about how we communicate, how believers are to speak. Um, it says in Matthew fifteen eleven um, that it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. And also you've heard out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Um, how we communicate, what we say, what comes out of us, uh, speaks to what's inside of us. And, and that is the very principle uh, at work when um, we are speaking and trying to use that as an opportunity to bear witness to Christ. Because when I, when I speak, it shows what's inside of me. And if my heart has been changed, if I have been transformed, and uh, then I should sound different. I, I should speak differently. Uh, and and I think what's really uh, at odds here. So if you're talking about this concept of emailing like a like a CEO, and in trying to email like a Christian at the same time, the thing that that seems to be in competition is personal efficiency versus loving people. So personal efficiency meaning getting getting through the emails, getting back to people quickly, getting it off of your plate, versus using these opportunities to communicate as, as a chance to demonstrate love for others. Um, Colossians 4, 5 through 6, I, I love this passage. It says, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. That's a great productivity verse right there. Um, and then it goes on, it says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Okay, so it's talking about speech. It's talking about communication. And it says, let it always be gracious. So, so let's, if, if it's true, if my premise is true, that um, email, the principles about how we communicate, how we speak to others, should extend towards email as a communication medium, then what would this sound like if we, if we applied it to email? So let your email... Always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer each person. So let it all let your emails always be gracious and seasoned with salt. So, um, first the the context here is about how we 
how believers present themselves to the world. Remember in verse uh, 5, again, this is Colossians 4, 5 through 6, it, it begins with walk in wisdom toward outsiders. And it's talking about those who are not inside, not part of Christ's church. And so we want to walk in wisdom toward them. And so it's about our testimony. And, and the first thing it gives us is that our speech should always be gracious, or in this case, our communication, our email, our texts, our phone calls, they should be gracious. Um, and that's simply a word that means that they, they, should, they should be done properly. They're, those are the things which affords uh, joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, loveliness. Um, it's actually the same word that's used uh, in the parallel passage in Ephesians 4.29, which says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may, be, that it may give grace to those who hear. And so it's it's contrasted with corrupting talk um, and compared and put alongside um, edifying speech. So we want our, our words to be gracious. And there's wisdom in this type of gracious speech. Ecclesiastes 10.12 says, The words of a wise man's mouth win him favor, but the lips of a fool consume him. Um, and so there is, there's wisdom in how we email and and, and that when we are gracious with how we communicate, it's wise. It wins us favor in the workplace. And more importantly, it gives, it gives glory to Christ. You know, it, it, it makes him look good because it shows what, uh, what he has done in your heart and, and hopefully even affords you opportunities, um, for the gospel with your coworkers. Uh, so it says that your speech or your email, um, let it always be gracious and it says seasoned with salt. Saltiness uh, has a, kind of a different connotation. I always hear kids say things like, why are you so salty? Now, I don't always hear kids say that. That'd be strange if kids were just always saying that. But I think that people use salty to mean angry now. I don't know. I'm getting older. But in this context, it means seasoned, seasoned with salt. It says flavored, uh, just like how, how salt makes a, a dish more delish. Um, you know, you could, we could say even let your, let your speech be sweet. Let it, let it, let it be flavorful. Let it be, um, you know, it conveys that goodness, that loveliness to it, that charm we talked about. Um, and it may even have with the salt a preserving overtone here, you know, in the in our speech, in our con, uh, in our email that it, that it has a preserving influence, you know, that it doesn't um, let the culture uh, degrade anymore. Um, it, you you are an example. You kind of hold things up to a higher standard with how you speak, even if others don't. And what's cool about that is you could you can be through how you email, um, not just more efficient, which is its own witness, but also a, uh, a preserving and a bright, shining, gracious light in the workplace that, that you're just exemplary um, so that, that other people you work with, your bosses, uh, people who work alongside you are all just like, man, yeah, Kevin is the example. He, he is, I wish everybody emailed like him. It's, it's, it's always efficient. It's always to the point, but he, he's encouraging and he always gets back to me quickly. That, that's the opportunity we have when we email like a Christian. 
And of course, our email habits can benefit other believers as well. It's not just a witnessing tool. If you work with other Christians like I do, um, you should be even more gracious and caring with how you email. Galatians 6.10 says, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Our brothers and sisters in Christ are those to whom we should be uh, eager to to go above and beyond even more so uh, to show love towards them in how we communicate and in how we email. Okay. All that being said, what should we do? Well, what exactly does emailing like a Christian look like? What am I proposing? Well, I don't think that personal efficiency in email, getting back to people quickly, that kind of thing, I don't think that that's at odds with loving people in our, in our communication. Often, when it comes to work email, the most caring thing you can do is get back to someone right away. Right? You say, well, I don't want to send these quick, terse replies. Sometimes that is the best thing you can do. Um, because if the if sending a shorter, more terse response uh, is the means by which you actually get back to the person, isn't that better than you know, letting it languish in your inbox for, for weeks and that person never gets an answer to their question? Um, I also think it's a mistake to think that long-winded emails um, equal more caring emails or a better demo. I think that that's a false dichotomy. Say, well, if I do a short email and it's terse, then that kind of doesn't, it doesn't come across that I'm caring for people and, and that I, and that, you know, my heart's in it. So I'll write these long winded emails. This is me. This is totally me. I, I will write the longest emails and it's awful because I know nobody's reading them, but I don't, I just have to do it. I'm compelled. I need to stop. <laughs> um, first, a long winded email. It can come from bad motives. It can be, you know, you trying to make yourself look good or, or look more articulate or, or, you know, it's like this long singing prose. Uh, it's like about the copy machine. Um, what's the point? Um, also, long emails are frequently unhelpful. Um, if someone's just asking a question, you send this big, long thing, like option one, uh, but option two could, you know, could be better because, uh, well, let me, let me take this opportunity to tell a short story about growing up and how that speaks to this question about what copier paper we should use. It, it just, it can get insane because no one's reading it. They probably don't want to read your limerick about the location of the water cooler being changed. Um, and, and also you're wasting people's time. Long-winded emails frequently waste people's time. If I have to wade through three paragraphs to find the yes to the question I asked, um, I'm not feeling the love, man. I'm not. Um, so I, I think being briefer in your email, uh, if that means getting back to people sooner or getting them the information they want, uh, in an easier way, then being brief doesn't equal being ungracious. That's not being unsalty. I, I can, it can be part and parcel of how you, um, how you email like a Christian. Um, and also, of course, you don't just have to be terse. You can also be encouraging where it's warranted. Part, part of gracious speech is that you build the other person up, as I said, um, so if someone has a great idea, you can note that in your response. You don't have to go into some big, long singing thing. You can be quick and, and, and be like, hey, this was a great idea, um, but I don't think we should do it right now. Period. End of sentence. 
Nobody's going to feel weird about that. No one's going to be like, are they mad? Or if they are, they'll figure out that that's just how you email after a while and they'll, they'll get over it. Okay, with all of that said, can we kind of reduce some of this down into principles? What are some of the principles that should guide our emailing like a Christian? If I want to email well, I want to be efficient at it, I want to be a good communicator, I want to take the good parts of this idea of emailing like a boss or email like a CEO, but really what I want is I want to be someone who emails like a Christian. What are the principles then that I should follow? Well, I have four. I think I've come up with four principles. If you want to email like a Christian, follow these four and you will go far. Uh, first, be responsive. That's that being being quick. Answer people. Get back to them. Don't just ignore them. Um, be clear. Uh, one thing that bugs me to death is when um, you get an email and it can be taken like 20 different ways. So be clear in your responses. It is, it's okay if they're short. It's okay if they're quick. But they should also be clear. Third, be brief. Be brief. Don't waste people's times with long, flowing, beautifully written emails that are, you know, worthy of a literary award. And fourth, be kind. Just because you're being brief, just because you're being clear, and just because you're being quick to respond doesn't mean that you can't uh, be gracious in your emails and that you can't... Um, be uh, salty with them as a Christian should be in all of their communication. Um, so generally speaking, so there's some of the principles, be responsive, be clear, be brief, be kind. Um, but what about, what are some, some examples of this? What are some, some ways that we can, uh, can exercise these things? Um, I think one way is matching their tone, matching the tone of the person you're emailing with. This is a great way to be to be gracious with them. Um, I generally try to match the tone of the person I'm emailing with. If they're all business, then I don't overthink it. I just be all business right back. But if they're flowery and they have exclamation points everywhere, I I just think don't be afraid to use some of that back with them. Um, if that's your thing, you know, if you don't feel like you're betraying your brand of emailing, um, it's okay to use some exclamation points in email. I know, I know it was either Mark Twain or F. Scott Fitzgerald, or it's, it's attributed to the wrong people, but there's that quote of one should never use exclamation points in writing. It's like laughing at your own joke. Well, guess what? I laugh at my own jokes all the time. Ha ha ha. See, I proved it, but I don't have a problem with exclamation points in informal writing. I don't think you should either. It's a, it's a great um, it's a great way to convey a little bit of uh, emotion, a little bit of excitement without having to write big long paragraphs. Um, so if, if someone sends you, I mean, let me put it this way: if someone sent you an exclamation point written email and you respond with "OK" period, they're gonna think you're either angry with them or a sociopath. These are things you don't want people to think. So my philosophy of the exclamation point is this. I try to assiduously avoid them in real writing, but in an email, an exclamation point can convey the warmth and the enthusiasm uh, of several paragraphs of prose with just a quick chef shift one. And I can live with that trade-off in my emails. 
uh, here's some examples of of uh, ways that um, some emails I've gotten recently, or, or versions of emails I've gotten recently, that uh, and, and some of the responses I've been doing, um, where I'm trying to put to work um, some of these principles that I've been talking about here. I'm trying to be brief, responsive, clear, and to be kind in them. Frequently, because of the the blog, people um, send me emails. I'll be asking me to review. Um, an app they're working on, or a book, or, or some other thing, and I get emails about this. And at first, when I was getting these, I was, you know, I'd go and I'd look at it, and I'd research it, and I'd, I'd download it, and use it, and try to try to really thoughtfully think: Should I do this? Should I not do this? But it just became too burdensome. So, um, in response to emails like this, uh, will you review this app? You know, it's some big thing telling me about it. And either, so I'll, I'll download it, I'll check it out real quick, or at least look at it and see if, if it's worth checking out more, if it's, if it's uh, in line with what I'm trying to accomplish with the blog. Um, but typically, an email I'll, I'll send back is, thanks for reaching out, this looks really great, exclamation point. But I don't think it's a good fit for my audience, so I'm going to pass. And that's it, and that's all I send. And I just sign it, Reagan. Or if I if I like it, um, I I just I usually they haven't sent me enough information for me to do something with it. So I I put the ball back in their court since they're kind of asking me to do um, a favor for them in reviewing it because it's giving them um, some kind of press. Um, and so I'll say uh, this looks really cool. I'm interested. Could you send me some more information? And so you keep the ball rolling. Uh, they they see that I uh, you know I'm trying to be encouraging about the thing they sent me and um, they're getting the information they need with how to proceed. Another example, um, oftentimes at work you'll you'll get sent something that said, "Can you take a look at this and give me your thoughts?" And that that's kind of open ended. And sometimes the thing being asked to be taken a look at is kind of long. It might be an article. It might be a, a, a something a project someone's working on, and I definitely want to do that, but it's going to take a little while for me to look at it. So I will email right back, or try to. Again, I'm not uh, I'm not the shining example of this. I'm trying to be better. But something like on it, or yeah, I'm taking a look. I'll get back to you. Something real quick so that they know that you got it, and you're going to look at it, and you are going to um, uh, look it over. And then... If you can, if you're working in the same building as the person, or, you've got, or if you can do a phone call, giving their feedback, giving them feedback is going to be easier. And I'm trying to do this better. Is instead of writing this ridiculously long email with the pros and cons and all that, I'll try to get FaceTime with them or at least um, uh, talk with them on the phone and tell them my thoughts on it. Instead of taking all this time to write and edit a big long email as a response for it. Uh, one more example. Uh, someone asks you a question in an email. This frequently, someone will email you and ask you a question. Um, one of the things, I've written another article on emailing well, and one of the things that is real pet peeve of mine is when um, I send an email that has a, um, a couple of questions in it, and inevitably people only answer the first question. And Anyway, that's an aside, but that bugs me. And, and so <laughs> um, if someone asks you questions, answer all the questions. Okay, so someone uh, might say, I have a question about X. 
Um, so here's the situation. You don't know the answer. If you know the answer, just send them the answer right away, right? But oftentimes, if you don't know the answer, you need to find out the answer. So normally, um, if you're not going to be emailing well, and this is a trap I've fallen in, I don't know the answer, so normally I'm not going to reply until I can get the answer. And then I can't find it. And then I'm like, well, I need to catch so-and-so, but they're out, of, they're out this week. And then it goes on and on and on, and they never hear from you for you know, a week or several days or, or longer. So my solution is someone asks you a question, you know the answer to email them right back following those principles. I need to look into this. Let me get back to you and then flag it, uh, and, and set yourself a reminder to, to find the person you need to find to get the answer or better yet, if you know who probably has the answer, just copy that person you were going to ask anyway and sort of delegate it to him. Say, hey, do you know the answer to this? And that will get a quicker resolution for the person who's asking anyway, and you're not being rude by copying this other person on there because you were about to interrupt them anyway to ask them the answer. Okay, so those are some examples of the principles, but um, wrapping up here, in conclusion, uh, I don't think that personal efficiency when it comes to emailing and communication is at odds with being a good Christian witness, with being gracious to others in the workplace. I don't think those things need to be at odds with each other. You can be an efficient uh, communicator and be be responding to your email rapidly and have that be part of your good Christian witness. You don't need to do what uh, the people in this um, article that I'm referencing do, where their emails actually are, they're not just brief and quick and concise, they're, they come off as rude. You don't need to do that. You can be quick, concise, you can be responsive, you can be a good emailer, and also be kind, and also have the savor of Christ um, to all that you do and communicate, because that is what our Lord asks of us as believers, is that we would be a shining witness for him. As a believer in Jesus Christ, I want all of my speech, all of my communication, even my emails, to be characterized by Colossians 4, 5 through 6, to walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. And that's my prayer uh, for all of you, that um, as we continue to strive towards um, being more like Christ, uh, all in his power, by his grace, by the power of his spirit, that um, we would be self-conscious of, um, of the areas we're trying to grow in, and we would hone those, and we would compare um, our lives back to his word, and just day by day by day, become better stewards of the time, the energy, the talents, and all that the Lord's entrusted to us for his glory. I hope that you have a wonderful week. Um, don't forget, if you haven't already, to please subscribe to the podcast, then you'll get them as they come out new. Uh, each week and uh, if you have time leaving a review helps helps other people find it Um, thanks for listening have a wonderful week and i will catch you next time on the redeeming productivity show